Good afternoon, everyone. This is Maria Fernandez speaking, TAF's Chancellor of Equality and European Union Affairs. And we are here again with Madam Speaker and Mr. President to keep on with the discussions we bring you every week. So good afternoon, Madam Speaker. How are you good feeling? Afternoon. Any plans for the weekend? How are you feeling? Tell me. Um, I'm feeling positive because I'm doing new things. For example, I'm learning how to play the guitar. So, oh, interesting. Are you learning by yourself? Um, I get some help, but yeah. Oh, that's impressive. Yes. Guitar is a really difficult instrument. So, yeah. yeah. Hats off to you. Um, good afternoon, Mr. President. Good afternoon. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great, thank you. Great. And what are you doing this weekend? Uh, I don't know yet, but we'll see. <laughs> you don't know yet? It's Friday. Yeah. <laughs> you should be planning something. Yeah, maybe after, later. <laughs> maybe a movie night or something. Yeah, probably. <laughs> okay, great. So, as the audience can already tell, Taf Funder is not here with us this week. And unfortunately, it will remain like this for a few weeks. Um, he's on executive leave, following orders, and to observe weeks of silence with respect to the passing of his family's matriarch, who we hope rests in peace after having reached 135 years of life. So, from here, we send our tightest virtual hug to Taf Funder and his family and hope he enjoys today's episode. Yes. So now without further ado, let's continue um, the public health diplomacy experiment that you guys started three weeks ago, more or less. So just as a recap, we, we were talking about a scientific, social and medical diplomacy experiment that goes like so. Imagine a random case scenario where four random people are placed in a room that could be the size of a normal room, the size of a conference hall. At first, the size of this hypothetical room was deemed irrelevant, but just last week you guys talked about this as a control factor and how that can affect the experiment. Now, these four random subjects are person one, being named John Doe, male, who has been vaccinated against COVID-19 with the best vaccine available in the market right now. Person two, that being Jane Doe, female, does not know anything about her medical history, but seems to be fine. Person three, Jane Doe, female, has survived COVID-19 after testing and quarantine. And person four, John Doe, male, has had COVID-19 symptoms at least twice since the pandemic started. So this person has been tested and vaccinated, but seems to be having side effects. So this week's control factor was chosen by Mr. President. So why don't you tell us about this control factor? Okay, so the what I chose was age. And we talked about the, the size of the room, because for example, if they're all together, if the room is small and they're all together, there's a high chance of the guy who got the covid symptom there's a high chance he could give it to other people but if the if the room is big everyone could stay in a corner and not be not be worried so now i chose age for today because age too is also important there's people who are like very old and they're having a 
very bad states of mind they're scared because they're like oh what if this guy gives me covid or what if this happens what if that happens and then there's young people who are like they don't really care too much like they're not going to be very scared but they're going to care about their mental health so i chose um age so we can talk about the age and see what it's like for an old person to be in the in the room with those four people and a young person to be in the room with the same four people i think it really it's really interesting that you um took into account the mental health of these people instead of the uh, because at first i thought you were going to say something like um old people or old people sorry may have more health problems like physical health problems so it may be more dangerous for them to get covid but then you took a, a twisted turn and talked about mental health and i think that's really interesting um i don't know what you what you th- what do you think madam speaker <laughs> so i think um, is interesting the way he said it because the age yeah, is important and secondly i wanted to add something like for example um the older people and the younger people not necessarily older people get um infected or something or yeah infected by any kind of disease not only on the other hand it's actually the young who get infected most oftenly because of the way they interact and the older people and because of um the things they take or eat or yeah you know and the environment cleaning but the older people i think is more less and less um dangerous yeah than the younger um youth yeah i think you guys are bringing some interesting things to the table because um well at first the uh, size of the room is pretty interesting because as you guys said last week um if it's if it's a really big room there's a uh, fewer chances of getting covid but if it's really small then it's highly probable that you get covid and maybe they don't even have masks on we don't know that yet that's another key factor that we could talk about next week or the next one yeah. so i think it's um really interesting the uh, the age factor because in every experiment we take these control factors that we're talking about and these are the uh, um the parts that we kind of control then we choose these kind of people and these kind of people and we choose for example uh to people for example person 1 and person 2 being 35 and 48 for example and person 3 being 82 and person 4 being 18 and then we take and try to figure out how these control factors affect the other factors so it's really interesting the fact that you talked about the mental health because picturing these four people in a room um and for example more some of them are older maybe mm, i don't know video or something as you mr president said he or she may be worried about getting covid or maybe the younger people will be like chilling you know like okay what are we doing here i don't understand this maybe the jane though that doesn't really know much about her medical history she doesn't really care that much maybe or doesn't have the access to that information for some reason so it's interesting the uh, the mental health because mental health and covid 
it's something that's really related. And we talk about uh, physical aspects of COVID a lot. But what about the mental health aspects of being in quarantine, of being apart from your family, of being apart from your friends, of being afraid of getting a disease that may be um, more to some people, you know? Yeah. So I don't know, um, in this room, for example, and we take age, yes. um, do you think that I'm taking into uh, consideration the mental health aspect that you guys uh, brought up. Do you think that, for example, the older people may be scared, you know, but would they bring up a conversation about, hey, this is a small room and we are scared because of this? Or do you think... It would be like a normal conversation, but it would be like an inner uh, fear, you know, and being really apart. Because some people now, nowadays, on the street or whatever, tend to be really straightforward and um, really, uh, quote-unquote, cold, as you'd say. And some people tend to be kind, even though we are in a really difficult situation. I don't know how you guys imagine this situation, this room. Okay, so there are four people in the big room, right? In the room. <clears throat> and <coughs> for example, I have given a, an age to each of them. Number one is 18, number two mm -hmm. is 65, and number three is 19 years, and number four is 67. So now, the older people, that's number two and number four, that's 65 and 67. I don't think they're going to panic. And secondly, they're going to be separated and they won't feel like lonely because they can be talking from distance. And I don't think they're gonna have any fear. But as for the number one and number three, which are the um, 18 and 19, they won't be able to be as far as the older ones like to be separated because they will like be bold and they will like to do some things to keep themselves busy that makes them that says that they are coming together and you know what's gonna happen next but the older people i don't think they're gonna be scared or oh yeah this is happening or that no they're not gonna panic because as long as they are separated and they are talking from the distance, that's okay by them. And secondly, they are old. I don't think they're going to be worried about anything like that because, you know, they're old and they are, uh, how do I say this? They are almost <laughs> at the end of their time. So they're going to be relaxed. They're not going to get worried. But as for the things, that's the 18 and 19. They're going to be worried and they'll be able to be separated. They're going to come together, start playing and all of that. As from playing, um, let me put this, they're going to be sweating. And from that, you know, contagious. <laughs> yeah, that's going to happen. <laughs> okay, okay. Seems like a really uh, nice situation to be in. Yeah. And I can see the, uh, the younger ones interacting with each other. Yes. Maybe not so much with the older people because there's this huge age difference and we tend to, um, we have so much respect for the older people that sometimes that respect can't 
translating to not knowing what to say and how to how to talk to an older person yeah. maybe even to a baby if you reverse that like some people don't don't really know how to talk to kids because it's different so i totally get the younger people hanging around and being like hey what's up <laughs> what are you doing here so i think it's really interesting i don't know what you think mr president Yeah, it's really interesting and the mental health too is important because if you have like a bad mental health, you're going to always be worried of everything that's going on around you. But if you have a settled good mental health, you're not going to really be scared, you're not going to have worries. You're just going to be like, "Oh, it's this and that" and you're just going to be chilling. And fear is something that's like make make most people lose their lives when they have covid because they're scared. They're like, Oh, what am I gonna do with my family? This that. But if you have like no fear, you'll be like, oh, okay. Um, I I could just go to the hospital check. If I'm if I'm positive, I'm gonna isolate myself and just do whatever you can to get better. Yeah, um, I really like what you said, and I think it's a really interesting point of view what you both just said, um, because. For example, the mental health part. Um, we can take this room into almost every aspect. You know, a whole street or any supermarket. Because if, as you said, if you're afraid of something, you're gonna be wary. You're gonna, you're gonna be um, really attentive of your surroundings, and you're gonna think that maybe something's gonna jump up on you. Yeah. And so this bad is gonna happen, and and that come and that comes hand in hand with anxiety. And there are lots of uh, psychologists now and psychiatrists that are taking into consideration the uh, like, hey, um, because many of them can really treat their patients face to face, so it's gotta be online, and it's even more difficult for some. So they gotta ask, okay, how are you handling this COVID situation? It's, is it affecting you in some way or, or maybe not? So it's really interesting because this um, quarantine helped some people to flourish in a way, to uh, seize the day, you know, and maybe learn to play the guitar. Yeah. <laughs> or read lots of books, but then some other people really We're really saddened by this because they were really apart from their friends and family and um, suddenly being closed into a room without being able to, to go out or maybe your family isn't that um, healthy for you or your partner isn't that healthy for, for you or you gotta, you gotta stand with them for, I don't know, months on end. So it's really difficult and... Um, And I think it's really interesting that we take that also as a key factor here, as you guys said. Yeah. Yes. So I don't know if you guys want to add anything more to this experiment because I think, I think this is really interesting. Um, I don't think there's much to add. We've spoken about their distance, their interactions, their age, um, their mental health and Yeah, we, we have an understanding. 
I think you guys did a pretty good job choosing the age factor because I think it's a key, really key factor. And I guess in the few, in the next few weeks, we'll be talking about um, maybe race or maybe money because that's also something that really moves people. Yeah. For different reasons, maybe good, maybe bad, but we'll talk about them. So, um, thank you both so much. And now moving forward to the second chapter of today's episode, um, Mr. President, you'll be telling us about Thailand, right? And Madam Speaker chose Hungary. So let's start with Thailand, Mr. President. Okay, Thailand. So Thailand is a Southeast Asian country. It's known for tropical beaches, opulent royal palaces, ancient ruins, and ornate temples displaying figures of Buddha. The capital of Thailand is Bangkok. The king of Thailand is Maha Vajiralongkorn. Hopefully I said that right. And the currency used in Thailand is called Thai Baht. And their population is 69.63 million people. Okay, that's pretty interesting. Um, I know, I don't really know much about Thailand. I only, the fact, the things that I know it's because there is this uh, huge Spanish celebrity because I'm Spanish, you know, yeah. and he's called Frank de la Jungla, and he's kind of a um, animal activist, and he lives in Thailand, and that's all I know because he talks about that so much. So I think it's gonna be pretty interesting. Um, what about the public health in Thailand? Okay, the public health in Thailand. In Thailand, private hospitals help complement the system, especially in Bangkok and large urban areas. And Thailand is among the world's leading medical tourism destinations. However, access to medical care in rural areas still lags far behind than in the cities. So they're having like problems with their medical care in like the like the rural areas. So it's it's they're gonna they're gonna do something about it. But for now, it's like still behind and they still have lots of things to work on in the rural areas. But in the urban areas, there's good medical health. There's everything there for you. So, But I think that that sounds great. But And you said that they're going to do something about it. But I think the problem is if the rural area is bigger than the urban area because it's the one that really needs work, but it's the larger one. So there are much more people needing help. So I think it's it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. So Madam Speaker, what about Hungary? Okay, so Hungary. Hungary is a landlocked country in um, Central Europe. Its capital, Budapest is bisected by the Danube River. And the president is uh, Janos Adair with the population of 9.773 million. And the speaker Hungarian and the majority of uh, the majority language of Hungary apart from Hungarian that's popular is German, Slovak, Serbian, Slovene, and Croatia, Romanian, and Romani, and a little pinch, I think, of French. Yeah. 
oh so it's it's really multicultural over there yes. right yeah they speak a lot of languages um in the south the north the east the, the west and the middle so there are different types of languages spoken in the in the place that's great i think yeah. that's because it's a really it's a country with a lot of history because of its um location yes in the map so it's really central and they suffer a lot and they went through a lot so i, th I think it's natural and they have all of these languages and they and it adds a tiny bit of rich richness to its yeah. cultural yeah. things so what about the public health over there um the public health um the hungry has a tax for that in um universal health care system organized by the state-owned national health insurance fund and most of the um, health care is free if you're making social security contribution but you may have to pay for some things such as um, med uh, medicines and medical equipment and yeah the quality of the health care is up to the standards of most western countries this combined with the relatively low cost of medical treatment in Hungary and it has made the country a burgeoning medical tourism destination and that also um, refers to the language spoken in the country because when tourists go they'll be able to speak most of the languages there so I think it's interesting yeah it's really interesting and I didn't know that they have that kind of public health like it's uh, mostly free but you had to pay for medicines because for what you said it's pretty similar to here in, in Spain like here is free if you have um, you know if you as you said you do this contribution but you have to pay for medicines some some are free but most of them if you go with the uh, with your I don't know your doctor tells you to take this then it's cheaper Yeah. But if not, you gotta pay the whole thing. So if I, I'm surprised to find how similar we are, like both countries. Uh, so, what about now uh, education in Thailand? Okay, education in Thailand mandates nine years of basic education. That is six years of elementary school and three years of lower secondary school. Education at public schools is free until grade nine. The government provides, in addition, three years of free preschool and three years of free upper secondary education. Neither is mandatory. Children are enrolled in elementary school from the age of six and attend for six years, Pratham 1 to Pratham 6. And elementary school, elementary school classes is at least seven hours per day with a maximum learning time of 1,000 hours per day year oh wow and um would you be able to um stand that many hours in school <laughs> uh, yeah I, yeah i can but it's honestly good hours for learning and 1000 hours per year is not it's not that bad i think it's amazing that they have that free system there also because it's a, as it should be free. So what about Madam Speaker? What about Hungary? 
the education in Hungary is predominantly public, run by the Ministry of Human Resources. The preschool kindergarten education is compulsory and provided for all children between three and six years old. After which school attendance is also compulsory until age of 16. And the primary education usually cost um, lost for system. Most of the Hungarian university also are public um, are public institutions and the tuition fee there's yeah as well um, traditional students without fee payment. So for example in in Hungary most of the schools is the education is free I think to university. Yeah, to university and today there are 67 higher education institutions in Hungary ranking from small college to top research universities. So from the age of six, I think to 16, is to go to school there is compulsory and most of the situation is free. So I think it's interesting and also great because children don't have to stay at home, they have to go to school. That will make them more brilliant and brighter. Most like some of the countries that for um, Venezuela, most of the students they don't go to school and it's not actually compulsory. So this um, method of school here, going um, of students going to school being compulsory is actually good because it's a benefit. Yeah, I completely get what you say. Like the benefit of it being compulsory. Yeah. Like you um get this opportunity for kids and sometimes kids only want to play and and they just want to drop out sometimes because studying is some people don't really take into consideration how hard studying is because you really gotta uh, put in the hours and the effort and sometimes we tend to think of for example teenagers as lazy but I've been a teenager and I know how hard it is to be a teenager and have all these things going on inside your head and then having to go to school. So being a student is hard. So I think it's amazing that it's free because they give this amazing opportunity and then they have these huge universities and if you want to study then you can go. But from six to seven to 16, sorry, you have to go. Because no matter if then you just get a job that doesn't really require a major or something, but you get this basic information. And sometimes we think that it's information that we are not going to use, like, I don't know, biology or maths or whatever. But it really um, grows in you and builds you up like a per- as a person and gives you this cultural background that makes you a much more much more terrible person and much more intelligent and um, empathetic and stuff so I think it's uh, really great over there so what about now mr. president uh, the environment no, sorry the environment sustainable development in Thailand okay so Thailand's dramatic economic growth has caused numerous environmental issues. The country faces problems with air declining, wildlife, 
populations, deforestation, soil erosion, water scarcity, and waste issues. According to a 2004 indicator, the cost of air and water pollution for the country scales up to approximately 1.6 to 2.6% of GDP, which means gross domestic product per year. As such, Thailand's economic growth has come at great cost in damage to its people and environment. Well, so I guess from what you said that it's a country that really needs to work on the uh, environment part yeah. because it seems to be having some issues with the air pollution. And you said that there are lots of habitants over there, so I think it's really important. Mm-hmm. And that goes hand in hand with the um, public health yeah. system that they have there. Yeah. Because if you have worse air pollution, air pollution then you need to um, be more open to treat patients that may uh, suffer from this air pollution. Mm, yeah. So it's a cycle, okay. And what about Hungary, Madam Speaker? Hungary has made progress in greening its um, economy and um, cutting emissions, but it needs to spread up efforts to place further fuels with renewable energy sources to um, improve energy efficiency in buildings and promote sustainable transport. So we know the fact that they have made progress in greening its economy, the environment, yes, but they just need to um, replace its fossil fuels with renewable energy, which they are out on right now, and they are working on it to get more perfectly done. So they are really working on these uh, different kinds of energy, right? Yes. And do you, do you think that there are many countries in the world that, that are thinking about this? Or di- is this a special case? Um, I think this is a special case. Not all countries think of something like this. And I wish, I would say I wish, and I just, I hope that this can go all around the other countries so that they'll be able to do something unique as this one. Because when one country has something like this once they progress from it they are supposed to tell it to other countries so that it would benefit from it more like um how do i put sharing is caring thing (laughs) so yeah when they have something like this or something new to do first of all they have to test it in the country and see if it works and once they see that it's working they will have to tell it to other countries so they can do the same thing but for the fact this is a a new case for Hungary and I like it. Yeah, I think it's great because as you said, if one country tries it and has a positive outcome, then the neighbor's country may be thinking, okay, maybe then I can try it. Yeah. And it can be a change reaction. Yes. For like now, I don't know, example, what happened in Texas? it's actually sad and if anyone who is hearing us right now from texas i'm really really sorry for what happened about um about what's happening right now and i just want to use that as an example 
for example this method can be used on texas more as a plan b or plan c as i say we have 26 letters in an alphabet if plan a or plan b didn't work we still have a long letters to go on so i think this can be used against all this oh i think it's really interesting what you just said <laughs> i really i really like that yeah i don't know if you guys have anything more to add here um um honestly the environment in most countries are are good and then there's other countries where like not the best environment but i think um there's something they could do hopefully because your health comes first and if you have a bad environment your public health is going to be also bad so i think working on the environment for countries is a really good thing to do because if you have a good environment you're going to have good health you're not going to be falling sick easily and yeah it's like uh like they say like instead of uh mopping the floor when the bathtub is overflowing just close the the bathtub yeah, yeah. and that's easier yeah some of issues with we kind of want to treat the uh the problem or what we think is the problem without thinking about the root of the problem and i think what just guys said is a great example of that so we i think we really hope that um people more governments keep thinking about this and the importance of this because this is a key factor here so i think that's everything for today's episode thank you so much for listening and thank you so much mr president madam speaker for being here thank you and uh, we're sending another virtual hug to tough <laughs>